It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Jeep. Here's your host, Matt Derry. It's a new episode of Wired right here on the Pistons podcast, pistons.com, or wherever you find your podcast, brought to you by Jeep. Thank you, John Mason, for the intro. It is Matt Derry, and we're going to talk to Mike Zavodsky, one of the new hires downtown at the Pistons facility. The chief, new chief, business officer uh, for the team. A lot of exciting things going on really off the floor. Mike is overseeing, and um, including, we'll talk to him about what happened last week, which was Basketball is Back, the one-hour special that was aired on Fox Sports Detroit um, last week that many of you saw, and we're going to talk to Mike about it, and sort of the interactive ideas uh, that Mike and others are putting into place um, for fans to be watching alongside other fans right there on uh, online. And we'll talk to Mike about that coming up momentarily. Uh, if anybody watched that show last week, before we get to our guest, um, you saw a couple of things that really kind of stood out. And I've had some folks uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Derry Speaks, about this. Like, hey, did you watch the Pistons uh, you know, Basketball is Back show? And what'd you think? Two things kind of stood out for me if you're talking about the team itself. Number one, uh, the amount of times that they showed scrimmages, which there were there were a ton of them, uh, last week when the Pistons held their bubble, uh, and the amount of shots, deep shots, that Svi Mihailuk was hitting uh, was unbelievable. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was like watching Steph Curry in a Pistons uniform. Now, I'm not going to call him the next Steph Curry. Let's not go too crazy here. But uh, the, the pickup a few years ago by Ed Stefanski to get Svi uh, from the Lakers uh, could be paying major dividends down the road. A young player with tremendous range, we talk about a lot of times the three-point shot and how important it is uh, in today's NBA. The guy's got length. Uh, he was pulling up from you know between the three-point line and half court, uh, knocking down shots uh, uh, in these scrimmages that they showed on on that special. And you got to think that the coaching staff just loves what they're seeing some, from Svee. and that's a young, controllable piece moving forward that you know the team's excited about. But boy. The range that he was showing on that show uh, was tremendous. And again, these are scrimmages against his teammates. Um, and, and, you know, th- this was not showing Svi in his backyard here. This was at the practice facility, five on five, uh, in uniform, playing games. And he was, uh, he was tremendous. The other thing that uh, w- was awesome was uh, the focus that they had on, on Sekou Demboya, of course, the number one draft pick of the team from last year who was thrust into action after barely playing the first half of the, of the season. And then all of a sudden it went from, oh, Seku's on the roster, he's been activated, to Seku's starting on the West Coast trip and guarding guys like LeBron James and others, uh, you know, back-to-back nights. And 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 the, the bulking up that he has done, um, you know, since the pandemic, since the season was unfortunately stopped uh, and then restarted, and the Pistons, of course, uh, did not take part in the restart, but... Uh, Seku's body has been transformed. He looks from an upper body perspective like a chiseled 28, 29-year-old veteran. And of course he's not. He's the youngest player in the league, uh, you know, just scratching his 20s. But he looks uh, like, like a man out there now. And, and it's awesome. It's awesome to see that the strength, uh, there were a couple of segments they showed, him handling the ball and bringing the ball up. As Dwayne Casey wants to give him an opportunity to, to handle the basketball and, and, and give the defense uh, the opponent's a different look, but uh, just seeing Seku's body and, and the transformation that he's done and the work that he's put in the weight room was very, very cool. 
As promised, our guest today here on Wired the Pistons podcast, the new chief business officer of the Pistons, Mike Zavodsky. Giving us a couple minutes here, a lot of exciting things going on down at the facility. What's up, Mike? How are you? Good I'm morning. Doing, good morning. Good to, uh, good to hear your voice. How you been? Everything's going well. I can't complain. Thank you. Tell me about uh, your experience uh, getting hired in the middle of a, of a pandemic and joining the Pistons and just how busy you've been and how crazy it's been, too. Well, it's it's an opportunity that I'm, I was super excited about when it presented itself. Um, you know, I think you've got a great history and heritage uh, for the team here and a bright future ahead. And, you know, trading on my experience that I had in Brooklyn and what I saw happen to that franchise as part of a move, you know, downtown and a resurgence of a city and um, obviously then the basketball all coming together at the same time. Uh, you know, when this presented itself, I, I jumped at the opportunity. And it's a new position, a new sort of opportunity uh, for the Pistons as chief business officer. What does that entail? Sure. So um, all of our business-facing functions, when you think of sales, marketing, uh, PR, et cetera, all fall under that umbrella. So that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, but, but all good stuff. Tell me about, we're talking to Mike Zavodsky, Chief Business Officer of the Pistons. All right, so sales, marketing, everything else. So so you come in and, and, and look at the big picture. Is there one thing you tackled first, or, or are you doing everything kind of all at once? Well, you know, I, I think first and foremost, we want to make sure that the brand is positioned properly. Um, again, th- there's a great history and heritage to this franchise, and, and we don't want to lose sight of that. But at the same time, obviously, we want to make sure – we're, you know, being current and, and keeping engaged with that Gen Z and millennial audience. So, um, you know, some of the things we've initially done are to cater to that audience. And, and I think you'll see some continued things around that uh, over the coming months as we head into the 2021 season. Last week, Mike, uh, I, I was invited along with some others to, to take part in the virtual ticket experience of the Basketball is Back show, which basically... I don't want to ruin it. I want to give you the opportunity to talk about it. But it was an opportunity to watch. It was almost like watching a game uh, with fans online, except it wasn't a game. It was more of the, the basketball's back show that was on FSD. I thought it was a lot of fun. Tell me about the, that that experience and, and, and what sort of the virtual ticket, I, where the virtual ticket idea came from and, and what should we expect down the, down the line. Yeah, I mean, as we continue to try to innovate, um, and engage our fan base. What we want to do is provide alternative options for them to consume us. And again, what, what, you know, we obviously have a great partnership with Fox and and the traditional broadcast. As we look at engaging again that Gen Z and millennial consumer, you know, they consume things differently. You know, gaming is a big part of their life and and experience. And the gamification, if you will, of the broadcast um, is, is something that I think is sort of where things are headed. Um, you know, so this, you know, opportunity that you participated in, which, you know, you were I, and I kind of watched together, if you will, is is the first step in that direction. You know, allowing you the um, community aspect of being able to watch with other people, see them, converse with them, engage with them. Um, but not necessarily having to be in the same locale uh, to experience that. 
and then you interject in all of the things you would have experienced had you been in the arena along with some real-time prizing and engagement and that's sort of the experience you partake uh were able to partake in i got to tell people this story and you and i were talking about it before i hit record here but uh one of the things you did which i thought was really cool was you you literally you said a first one to to throw up the pizza emoji up on the chat is going to get uh you know pizza delivered to them from little caesar's I thought it was a joke. Like, I didn't think it was it was real, Mike. <laughs> and so uh, uh, the legendary Ryan Armani from Fox 2 was on there, and he won, and the pizza arrived at his door in like 10 minutes. How did you pull that off? Yeah, I mean, and that, that gets back to kind of the engagement uh, with the broadcast. You know, he was watching alongside, you know, with his daughter. You know, he was the winner, and... You know, in real time, Hooper, our mascot, showed up at his house and delivered a Little Caesars pizza. So, again, in in the vein of trying to provide new ways to engage our fan base and and gamify the experience, if you will, you know, that was one step in that direction. Mike Zavodsky with me, Chief Business Officer of the Detroit Pistons. You're listening to Wired, the Pistons podcast brought to you by Jeep. Mike, I, I love the idea. It's happened before, and obviously with with the Internet blowing up the way it has, I mean, you can go back many, many years. When I was doing pre and post on the radio, there was, you know, all, all sorts of blogs and weird, and, and websites. Uh, uh, this woman, Natalie, ran something called needforshe.com, and people are on Facebook. So people are interacting. But for the team to do it, and then for you guys to provide, let's say, you know, former players or or, or, or or somebody like that in the chat, on the camera with them as, as part of the video chat, I would think, like you said, for some of the younger viewers, it's a different way of watching it. It makes it more fun. Exactly. Um, and, and you could do it sort of from anywhere, right? I mean, if you look at, you know, the experience you and I were, were in together, we had people from Los Angeles, Toronto, Chicago, New York, all watching at the same time from various different locations and able to engage in the same way. Yeah, it was pretty fun. I, I, I love the idea. What's the next step with that? Obviously, you have to have games starting up, and, and we'll wait and see and now that the finals are done what this, the schedule is going to look like and, and, and the timing with everything. But is that sort of something you guys want to want to do uh, come next season every game, or, or how does that work, and what are you thinking? That's what we're exploring now. I mean, I think that there's a place for this. Um, you know, obviously we want fans back in the building, and I think there's a place for this um, regardless if there are fans or not. Um, I, I, I think it's a, it provides an alternative for people to consume us, um, and I think, you know, we'll continue to refine it, and, and the goal would be to have that, um, you know, available for next season. I love it. I thought it was uh, a lot of fun. By the way, the show itself, Basketball's Back, it was an hour show on, on Fox Sports Detroit. I know many of the fans got a chance to catch it, and there have been some replays of it, too, with Greg Kelser and Grant Long. Um, the facility looks great. The court looks great. I love that they just, you know, you had like the 50-yard line camera, and they're giving the fans a kind of an inside look at uh, what scrimmages look like. I thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, and some of the behind-the-scenes elements, you know, Coach was mic'd up, so hearing what he was saying to the players um, and what the engagement sounded like um, alongside, you know, the gameplay, if you will, I thought was a, was a unique perspective. What is the league, and I know you you were in New York, so you, so you have the pulse of the league too, but what does the league think about that in terms of 
kind of going behind the scenes and giving fans that, that that look inside the facility, which I don't think anyone has ever really seen before. I, I think the, the NBA is very progressive and always has been, and I think you know we as a league will continue to innovate and and push the boundaries. You know, I, I recall watching an XFL game, um, you know, a couple months back, and the, the part of the broadcast I really liked was, you know, they were on the sidelines. You could hear what was going on, the play calling. Um, it brought a new aspect um, to, to viewership. And I think the more, you know, we can get towards uh, that behind-the-scenes look and feel, the more exciting and, and innovative the engagement will be with the fan base. Mike, you mentioned before about gaming uh, and the gaming community, uh, eSports, that, that has kind of uh, blown up recently. I know you, you're you one of the people behind the Motor City Rivals uh, announcement a, a little while ago um, last month. Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, very excited about that. Um, we were the first team, uh, professional sports team in America to launch the platform. Um, it's a gaming community. It allows you to plug in through the cloud via your Xbox or PlayStation. Um, And for doing what you normally do, playing video games, you accrue points um, that you can utilize for tickets, experiences, prizing, sponsors, swag, etc. So I I think it's an engaging and exciting platform. And and again, in in the vein of, of reaching, you know, that audience in their native way, I think it's it's a great opportunity to do so. How can you make it different? You mentioned being the first team. So what 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 can the Pistons do specifically? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things we're working on now. I think as as Rival builds out their platform, um, you'll see other teams come online, and then you know that community aspect goes to a whole different level where you can, I guess, to some extent, challenge other communities, gaming communities, to different tournaments and engagements. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the next step uh, as they onboard more and more teams. And Mike, you know this. Um, it seems like the players can get engaged in this, the, the current Pistons players, to where you can kind of utilize them a little bit because they're 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 into this uh, into this stuff too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, anybody can can play on the platform. Um, you know, as you mentioned, as part of some of the prizing for the initial tournaments we're hosting, winners will have the opportunity to play against Bruce Brown, as an example, you know, one of our players, um, a la uh, Cameo, where, you know, a celebrity or an athlete can record a message for you. Now you'll have the opportunity to game with them um, as, as prizing as part of this platform. People ask all the time about tickets for next year how it's going to work, when are the games going to be. You know, fans, want, they just want to see a schedule. And certainly Adam Silver and everybody now is just trying to focus on the draft and figuring out what 2020-2021 look like. It might not even start till 2021. We don't know yet uh, due to this pandemic and everything else. But I know you guys have, have teamed up with Flagstar to sort of figure out uh, and make a promise to your fans a little bit with this Pistons IPO opportunity. Uh, how did that come about? And, and tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, again, we're always looking for ways to provide value for our fans. And, and during this time, you know, what better way to provide value for your commitment than a return on your investment? Um, so, you know, for making that commitment to, you know, being a Pistons ticket holder, you're 
rewarded, if you will, with a, a 5% APY uh, return. That's pretty sweet. And and Flagstar, I know you guys uh, do a lot of uh, good work with them, don't you? Yeah, I mean, they're obviously one of our signature partners. You see them on our uniform, so we've got great alignment with them. And as we were thinking about ways to provide value for the fans, um, you know, this was one idea that came up, and, and we were happy to partner with them on it. So, Mike, you mentioned Brooklyn. Tell us about your background and experience with the NBA. And and I guess the one thing you you sort of uh, talked about already is, is is the tradition of this organization and kind of being a part of one of the classic NBA uh, franchises. Yeah, um, you know, dating back to my time in New Jersey and then ultimately Brooklyn, you know, I, I had great experience and the fortunate opportunity to move a team into a, a borough that would have been the fourth largest city in the U.S. had it not been a borough um, and, and watch, you know, transformation happen in that borough um, with the epicenter of it being Barclays Center. And then, you know, from the time we were there over the following, you know, seven plus years while I was with the team, just the growth of the brand and the franchise obviously culminating with with last summer and then, you know, excited for them for the go forward coming here um you know there's such a great history and tradition when you think of you know dating back to the bad boys and then obviously the 04 team i think you know some of the iconic players that we have access to and that the fan base obviously is connected with can help us as we position the brand for the go forward um keeping certain audiences engaged and then obviously hopefully as Troy um, does his thing on the basketball side, we'll have some some new players that people can kind of connect to the legacy as well. I, I, I mentioned this before um, before you came on, but you know, in watching the basketball's back show the other night and some of the uh, inside looks that they gave us of scrimmages that, that you guys held in that mini bubble there in, downtown, like a guy like Svi, a guy like Seku. You just see the steps forward that they've taken, and that's exactly what you want right now in this sort of reload uh, under Troy Weaver, don't you? Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at the position we're in as a team, it's great. We've got some very talented young players, cap flexibility, draft picks, um, obviously for the, for the foreseeable future, all of our draft picks. So from a positioning standpoint, you know, the future is bright. Um, and, and I'm excited for the opportunity that we have here. Mike, it was great catching up. Welcome to town. Uh, I love what you're doing so far, and really appreciate a couple of minutes here. Awesome. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. There he is, Mike Zavodsky, the new chief business officer with the Detroit Pistons. Give us a couple minutes here on Wired, the Pistons podcast. We're brought to you by Jeep. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll keep you posted on more episodes as we move forward, and enjoy your fall.